1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath.
0: All right, everybody. Welcome into the show here on Sunday night. We are recapping week six, Sunday of week six. A lot of action. And, in fact, in a non-PPR per passing touchdown league, and Atlanta Falcon is your number one quarterback, running back, and tight end. Not wide receiver, not kicker. They unbelievably lost with that type of offensive performance. What else are we going to talk about today? How about that massive game from Jordan Howard? Four PPR points. <laughs> I'm of Azer, Excuse by Excuse me, the way. 4.9. Hi. 4.9. Dave is here. Dave, you are now allowed to turn around and look at Heath Cummings as you see him. <laughs> All right, here we go. He I
1: haven't seen him yet. This is it. Oh, my God.
0: Awesome,
1: <laughs> Gardner. Heath, I feel like you. I feel like you won the bet, Heath.
2: Oh, I feel like I did too. My my wife does not agree, but I think she's just worried that when I go out in public, I'm going to be swarmed because of the, how good this
1: looks. Gardner, on me. And, Gardner, and let <laughs> let me just tell you that if I had lost the bet, it would I would look terrible because I don't have as well defined of a mustache as you do. It doesn't grow. For whatever reason. Plus I'm kind of fat. I don't know if you've noticed or people don't know. No. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty hefty. No. I would be Gardner Max Chu, not Min Chu, Max Chu, cuz I'd I'd look like a Chicago cop with a thin mustache and big old head. Well, I'm, I'm glad I, I I'm glad I won. I'm glad. Too. I think we all win here. I think we all win.
0: Yeah, and good for you, Heath. You just you rock it. You're proud. You got a headband on. Um, if, if, for those of oh, you who, I, who can't see him, please check out youtube.com slash fantasy football today and you can see it. They look
2: great. My, my hope is by the end of the week, my wife has decided that she can't live without this look and I just get to keep it. <laughs> you uh, seriously, not the way it started off, but hopefully things will turn around later in the week. You seriously
1: look like you shaved five years off your face. It looks good. You look significant. You look great. I actually you look significantly younger. You look. You don't look like you're like close to forty anymore. You look like you're like thirty five. Are you play quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars? You absolutely could.
0: Yeah. Well, they, they, it wasn't a very good week for him. They could you today. By the, exactly. Now, actually, I'm kind of bothered by how good Heath looks. This was supposed to be a bad outcome, and we just discovered a <laughs> new look for Heath that is a big improvement. Okay. So today, like last week, we had uh, Aaron Jones and we had Will Fuller. And Deshaun Watson and the member at the time, they had the best game all season for a quarterback and a running back and a wide receiver. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a, a player or a storyline that's smacking you in the face, smacking you in the mustache today. But but if there is something, Dave, what is the week six storyline, if there is one?
1: I, I think the week six storyline is that the quarterbacks just tend to keep on putting up huge numbers. And we're still seeing great production from Lamar Jackson, from Russell Wilson, from Matt Ryan, from Deshaun Watson. Um, and and I think we could definitely qualify and say Patrick Mahomes is putting up some good numbers too. So I, I think that that's one of the big storylines is that quarterbacks continue to to put up huge points, uh, at least those not named Jared Goff.
2: Yeah, I, I was going to say it was actually about a defense. Uh, I think the big storyline from this week is the San Francisco 49ers defense is for real. I had some questions about how good they had been so far this season. And they thoroughly dominated the Rams in just about every way that they possibly could. And I'm a believer. The Rams defense is for real. You From mean the 49ers? Niners. Yeah. I, yeah.
0: I actually thought quarterback was the story too. And and I'm seeing quarterback in a very uh, different light right now because, man, the the ones that are doing it week in week out, really it's Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. I would say Dak's been a little up and down the last three weeks uh, Mahomes himself, I think he's been pretty good, but it, it was two two weeks in a row with less than 20 fantasy points and six point per passing touchdown leagues, and he scored 23 or 24 this week. Um, but it's really like haves and have-nots. Uh, it's it's um, making me think about it a little bit differently, and I think the elite quarterbacks so far, you know, have a lot a lot of value more than we would have than I would have thought at least because the the lower end guys just haven't really been as good as I thought they'd be, and golf is the poster child for that. Um, wow. He didn't even throw for hundred yards. He was terrible. Uh and I started him a lot of leagues, and it wasn't even the worst quarterback decision I made. Listen to this. I started Marcus Mariota in my dynasty league, not a lot of not a lot of waiver wire activity there. Over two quarterbacks who are on a bye. I have Trubisky, <laughs> Josh Allen, and Marcus Mariota. And I made the wrong decision today. Okay, oh, <laughs> that's how bad Mariota was. But let's go into our winners and our losers. And Heath, I'll start with you. Robbie Anderson had a 92-yard touchdown catch, uh, and he is owned in less than 60%, at least 59% owned. He's your first winner today. Devontae Freeman is your other. Talk to me about Robbie Anderson.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the obvious positive for him is that they were able to execute a deep pass, which is something they couldn't do with Luke Falk at quarterback. Now, I wasn't thrilled with the target share for Robbie Anderson, but just what happened in this game was a huge boost for his value. And now we have to consider him as a borderline number two, high end number three wide receiver moving forward. It'll be interesting to see if maybe against a little better matchup, his target share goes up or maybe as Sam Darnold progresses back from his illness, we see more targets for him. The other guy was Devonte Freeman. It's more of a win for anyone who decided to wait one more week to sell Devontae Freeman, because I still believe that's the right move. This was a fantastic matchup against Arizona. He fully took advantage of it. There were plays that they didn't even cover him in the passing game. That's not going to continue to happen. I still think he's a sell, but this was a huge win for his
1: value. I actually traded for Devontae Freeman in, uh, in one of my Kings Classic Leagues And this is before the day happened. I traded Will Disley to get him. Oh, wow. Yeah, I I feel a little dirty about it, but at the time, it seemed like an even deal. The the manager that needed uh, Disley was just desperate at tight end, and he offered up Devontae Freeman. Um, And so now I think I'm going to try and flip Freeman after this game, try and sell high on him, try and find another team in that league um, that wants to get rich at running back and I'll give him Freeman and see what I can get in return for him. The thing that I like best about the jets, listen to this schedule. They've got the Patriots next week. I think we'll be a little nervous to go with Robbie Anderson or Jameson Crowder in that game at Jacksonville in week eight. And then this is just unbelievable at Miami home against the giants at Washington home against Oakland at Cincinnati home against Miami. And then at Baltimore in week 15, what a stretch. These guys are going to help you get to the fantasy playoffs. You sounded
0: like Harry Carey. What a stretch, like, uh, play at first base. Um, I I just want to say one thing about Devontae Freeman. I mean, I understand he's been really bad running the football. I think four out of six games, he has less than 30 rushing yards or something like that. But still, no matter what, they will not remove him from the feature back role. And he's going to be on one of the best offenses, and he's their pass-catching running back, and they're going to be throwing a ton. So... I'm not so quick to jump ship. I mean, I feel like he could be a better fantasy player than a real-life player if his rushing average is going to be so bad. He he does have a great history of rushing average, by the way, before this year. But you know what I'm saying? Like, he's still so involved. He had 18 carries, I think, in this game. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, you love touches, and there aren't that many workhorse running backs. He sort of yeah. looks like, percentage-wise at least, a workhorse running back.
1: He had 72% of the snaps in week six. And that's his second highest of the year. The first one was week three. He had 90%. And uh, Ito, I believe Ito got hurt early on in week three. So that's why he had to. And for all I know, Ito Smith suffered an injury in this game. And that's part of the reason why Freeman had so much work. Or the Falcons were smart and they rode the hot hand and Freeman was it. Maybe that was it. Okay. Uh, also, da- also, 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 Kopf win. Kopf win. <laughs> Uh, that, that's that's as good as I get at Harry Carey. I'm not even a Cubs fan. Nah,
0: you, you have better impressions of that. So, Thank you. Your two winners had big games today. Stephon Diggs, three touchdowns, number one wide receiver in non-PPR. Only two games this year with more than 50 yards, but this was one of them. He was started in 56% of leagues. Stephon Diggs and Carlos Hyde, 26 carries, 116 yards, and a touchdown with a 14-yard catch and a fumble. But this is two straight games with, 20, with more than 20 uh, carries, with a rushing touchdown. And my question is with Diggs and Hyde, are they just week six winners? Or are they guys that you actually think more highly of rest of the season?
1: When I give you the winners, it's because I, I'm i thinking forward. It's not, oh, they had a great game in week six. Let's talk about it. It's more like um, they're, they're, there's reasons to be optimistic about them moving forward. And, and I think for two reasons. Number one, for fantasy managers, I think they're going to be happy about using Stefan Diggs more often because they know what that potential is now. And he actually did not have a perfect game. He had some drops. He had a pass go right off his helmet and ended up being intercepted. But he still had three touchdowns. And you know that he is a receiver with this type of big play potential. And not only did he show fantasy managers that, Adam, he showed his coaches that. And I wonder if Kirk Cousins showed enough in this game to make Mike Zimmer rethink this whole we've got to run the football all the time kind of thing. And now they can actually try and be, I don't know, balanced, maybe even throw a little bit more. They're going to have some games coming up. They've got the Lions next week. They've got the Chiefs two weeks after that. They're going to need to throw the football. They're going to need to get this passing game going. And I think fantasy managers can be comfortable using Stephon Diggs. They know what the floor is now, but you also know what the ceiling is. And that makes them worth starting. And as for Carlos Hyde, I think he's proven that he's the main back in this Houston offense. I'm a little worried about this offensive line. Titus Howard went out with an injury, but the schedule coming up for the Texans, really, really nice. They've got Indianapolis next week, Oakland after that, Jacksonville in week nine, that's going to be in London. I don't know how that's going to be, but as a short-term fix at running back, I think Carlos Hyde can get the job done for you. Okay. The fun thing about
2: the whole situation, is they didn't actually open the offense up. They threw the ball 29 times. They ran it 35 times. They were just a lot
1: more efficient throwing the ball in this game. That's not something you can count on. No, I but they, they threw a lot in the first three quarters. And that's, sure. that's that's what makes me a little more optimistic. They salted the game away. They were up by two scores, three scores they by the end. They
2: threw 20 passes which is their most pass attempts now in a win under Kevin Stefanski. They've never thrown 30 passes in a win. I, I don't feel any different. Like this was a great game and Diggs is a phenomenal wide receiver. And I'm sorry if when I was saying that I was down on him, it seemed like I was saying, I didn't think he was good. I never meant to say that it's just that this offense is not going to be conducive to having two good fantasy wide receivers on a regular basis. One of Thielen or Diggs is going to be a bust most weeks, and I'd be more than happy to sell either Stefan Diggs or Carlos Hyde after this big game.
1: I get that. I get where you're coming from on that. I don't know if people are going to pay big money or big value in trade for either one of those. I I don't think Carlos Hyde is going to get much in trade at all. Diggs, you might get a little bit more than what you might have coming into this week because of the three-touchdown game. I don't know, man. I think it could be worth it. They had 26 pass attempts going into the fourth quarter. So what is that? A little more than eight per quarter. So they were on pace for maybe 34 pass attempts. There's going to be some games where they throw a lot anyway. We've Mm -hmm. seen that from the Vikings already this year.
2: There's going to be some games where they throw 34 times. That's average for everyone else. Yeah. Like the games they've lost and really had to throw, it's been low 30s pass attempts. We've not seen them throw a lot in any games this year.
0: No, but I guess the good thing okay. is that he basically only throws to two wide receivers plus Dalvin Cook, so that's that's one bonus. But yeah, no, I, I get it. Uh, it Would you rather have Stefan Diggs or Will Fuller rest of season?
1: I will. They're they're basically the same player, but Fuller tends to get hurt a lot more often. I'll take Diggs.
2: I think the fact, that, well, like Stefan Diggs doesn't exactly have a spotless injury history himself. I
1: agree. He's already I- been banged up this year.
2: The fact that Dave said they're basically the same player tells you where Stefan Diggs has fallen to from our preseason expectation.
0: Okay. Uh, let's talk about your losers here. Uh, I just want to give a little shout out to CBS Sports HQ, which is where you should be basically all day on Sunday. Uh, The coverage is just outstanding, getting you ready for the game, CBS Sports HQ. We have fantasy football today, Monday through Friday, noon Eastern on HQ. And if you miss it, you can catch it on demand on your OTT device. Just download the CBS Sports HQ app on your Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, whatever it is, and you can watch uh, fantasy football today on demand. But it's noon Eastern, Monday through Friday. Uh, We'll talk about the losers now. Uh, Guys, uh, let's talk about Jameis Winston and his five interceptions, Dave. He is one of your losers, and Will Fuller is the other. He dropped three touchdowns. Two of them were pretty hard catches. The other one he should have had. But uh, yeah. Jameis Winston does finish with 10 fantasy points, 400 passing yards. But, gosh, he played so poorly and it come going into a bye. So what do you do if you're a Winston uh, ma- owner slash manager?
1: You're going to dump him because what are you going to carry him for through the bye? Do you really want to have him on your – Bench ready to go for their game coming out of the bye, which is at Tennessee, and then they're at Seattle after that. I think I, I think you can maybe double back to him in time for Week Ten when he's home against Arizona. But to me, he's more of a streaming quarterback at this point. Really frustrating too because he's tried all season to not turn the ball over, and last week we saw a couple cracks in it. He had two interceptions called back by penalties. It looks like he's just not. It, it looks like he's reverting back to what he was last year. So, uh, to me, he's definitely a loser. People are going to cut him. I don't know how many people are going to cut Will Fuller, but I think we can pretty clearly see that last week was the outlier for him, and that he this could he's, have
0: been such a big week. He just he it dropped, could have been and it ball. wasn't.
1: So, and and what did we see from the Texans? They leaned on their run game, but he had and nine targets. Eventually, and- got to get DeAndre Hopkins going again. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if Fuller earned himself the opportunity keep getting deep targets and to keep being as involved in the offense as he was this week and last week um, because of how he played in in week number six.
0: Uh, Okay. The, The narrative that he dropped three touchdown passes, which I already said, and it's out there. People are tweeting about it. If you haven't seen him, I mean, it is technically true, but two of them were very difficult catches to make. Sure. So I'll be a little lenient there. Heath, your losers are Jared Goff and his one fantasy point, his 78 passing yards. And then a very interesting one, Damian Williams, who only had two touches. Thankfully, one of them went for a touchdown. Uh, All right, so Jared Goff, his next two games are at Atlanta and home against Cincinnati. Are you keeping Jared Goff?
2: Oh, you're keeping Jared Goff. I mean, he's a matchup-dependent streamer at this point. He has two of the best matchups available to quarterbacks over the next two weeks. So I'll probably be starting Jared Goff for the next Maybe he'll even be low-owned in DFS, and we'll, we'll use him there as well. But this was a disappointing performance without Todd Gurley. Really needed him to carry the offense. San Francisco 49ers defense, as I said earlier, looked spectacular, and Goff looked awful. He's taken a huge step back this year that I did not anticipate at all. And then Damian Williams, I was I said throughout the week, I don't know why Andy Reid is giving the number of carries that he's giving to Damian Williams, without giving anything to Lashawn McCoy in the run game last week. It reversed itself, and it should. What Damian Williams had one carry in this game. He caught one pass in this game. And I'm not so sure that that's not correct. I think Sean McCoy Daryl Darrell Williams might be better
1: as well. Damian <laughs> Williams had all of his touches, all two of them in the first quarter. He didn't get another touch. I I wonder if he's hurt second quarter, well, third quarter four. He, he, he played his feelings more than, are hurt. He, he, yeah. His feelings are hurt. He played more than Daryl Williams, not as much as a McCoy. But it he only—he barely played or he first, barely had touches for a 50 yard catch
2: that went to Darrell Williams and all the rush attempts went to LaShawn McCoy. So it's not a situation where he got those touches on the very first drive and then something happened to him and he went away. This type of split was established early in the game. And then uh, Damian Williams has just been bad rushing the football for most of this year.
0: It is true. All right, so our winners are Robbie Anderson, Devontae Freeman, Stefan Diggs, and Carlos Hyde, although Heath said he would would love to sell high on Diggs and Hyde. Uh, Dave's losers were Winston and Fuller. Heath's losers were Jared Goff and Damian Williams. And my bonus loser or maybe bonus winner, I don't know, is Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman... was the goal line back, the short yardage back. He got so many opportunities. He even got a rushing touchdown in this game at the Rams. He finished with an okay game, but he was terrible in short yardage. Was it him? Was it the offensive line? I don't know. Remember, they're really beat up on the offensive line. They don't have their fullback, but I'm I'm concerned that Coleman blew his opportunity to be basically the exclusive goal line back in terms of carries, at least. If you get a third down situation, you'll see Breida in there, but... It was If you were a Coleman owner, it was setting up pretty well because he could have scored like three touchdowns today. He was yeah. really bad almost every time he got the ball in short yardage. They didn't run the ball well at all. So I don't know if it was just a Coleman thing, but I'm just crossing my fingers that it was an opportunity blown. It was either a very encouraging sign that he got that work or a very discouraging sign that he got that work and was terrible with it. So back He did have
1: a block. season high in snaps. He played 56% of the snaps. It's the most, it might be the most for, I can't say it's the most for any running back, but it's certainly the most for him. Um, Look, I I think he continues to get some of those opportunities. If it's another game where the the score kind of wipes away the ugliness of his play, then maybe they make a change there, but they've got Washington next week. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to continue to see Coleman have opportunities. Even
0: Kalen Balazs can score against Washington. All right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, Heath, uh, one thing that you won't need for a little while is a Harry's razor. Well, actually, you'll, you'll need it for everything but the mustache. But uh, I, I can tell you that Harry's razor is just outstanding. And we can get rid of that mm-hmm. Gardner Minshew stash in like two seconds with a Harry's razor. Uh, but humans have been shaving for over 5,000 years You don't need fancy stuff. You see these advertisers for these razors with all this fancy stuff on it just to distract you from the fact that the blade is not as good as it needs to be. Well, with Harry's razors, you've got yourself a great, sharp blade and a close, comfortable shave. It is the best shave I've ever had. I use it. It's the only razor I use. I've given it to people as gifts. It's a great Father's Day gift. It's a great Christmas gift. Whatever it is, get yourself a Harry's razor and get it for someone you care about as well, someone who needs a good shave. We've got an awesome offer for you at harrys.com slash FFT, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com slash FFT. Here's what you're getting. A weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Go to harrys.com slash FFT and get this trial set. harrys.com slash FFT and start shaving better. Today, So the big news here and an early look at the waiver wire, which of course we'll have the Tuesday show for you, but Miami bench, Josh Rosen for Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they're going to throw Rosen back into the wolves next week at Buffalo. (laughs) Rosen will be the starting quarterback, Uh, but didn't see anything about Tennessee guys. I don't know if, if if there's an update there from Vrabel, but Ryan Tannehill replaced the very ineffective Marcus Mariota and Tannehill was decent. 144 yards, uh, 13 of 16 and an
1: interception. Uh, They got the Chargers next week. see anything on that? Nothing yet. I would imagine that Tannehill gets the opportunity.
2: Marcus Mariota should be the starting quarterback. It's ridiculous.
1: I don't know if they've got a good starting quarterback. wait a second.
0: Are you going to make the case that Marcus Mariota is good?
2: Marcus Mariota is much better than Ryan Tannehill, and statistically, he's had a good year this year, yes.
0: Statistically, you know he has
2: not had a good year.
0: He has not. Please don't tell me right now that you think Marcus Mariota has had a good year. (laughs)
2: Offensive line and their receivers have been disappointing. Statistically, though, he's averaging 7.87 yards per pass attempt, rushing for better than six yards per carry. Ryan Tannehill is not the answer. Right, Marcus Mariota. I don't think is not either the of answer. these guys are the answer.
0: I, this is Unless where the stati- question is: Who sucks the quarterback? Statistics lie. I know he—they lie. I, they're liars. Okay, they are. They—they're they, <laughs> lying about him. Cam Newton. All right, I don't know if this is a lie or not, but according to Ian Rappaport, not that he's lying, but his source maybe. Dumb. What what he? This is dumb. What I'm about to say? Oh, it makes me so mad. Cam Newton, say it. Cam Newton, not a lock to return as the starting quarterback, according to Ian Rappaport.
2: I'm not saying that Ian Rappaport's wrong or that he is dumb for reporting this. Right. It could very well be that someone in Carolina is actually considering doing something this dumb, um, but that's ridiculous. Cam Newton is. A fantastic quarterback when he's healthy. Kyle Allen is a replacement-level signal caller at best. There should be no consideration. Like all they are doing is alienating their Pro Bowl quarterback.
1: They're four and zero oh with Kyle Allen, I'm, and this is just me putting on the horns and playing devil's advocate here. They're Dave. four and zero oh with Kyle Allen. I don't think he's a special talent either. But maybe somebody in Carolina knows that Cam's shoulder isn't right, and on top of that, his foot may not be right the rest of the season. And maybe they're saying that they're just going to go with the healthier guy who they're winning games with right now, and it's Kyle Allen. That's not the same thing that this report said, though. If the
2: report is, we don't think Cam Newton's going to be healthy this season, so Kyle Allen will be our quarterback, I I all make no bones with that. If the report is, when Cam Newton's healthy, we're not sure who our starting quarterback is, then you need to fire whoever can't make that decision.
0: (laughs) Okay, uh, maybe they could just trade for Marcus Mariota he's so good. Amari Cooper left with a quad injury in the first half. That's pretty significant. Uh, they've got Philadelphia coming up, big game in the NFC East. Emmanuel Sanders left with a knee injury. Uh, Chris Thompson left with a foot injury. I know Adrian Peterson had a good game, but I'm sorry, Adrian Peterson, your next three opponents are San Francisco, Minnesota, and Buffalo, and then yeah. you've got to buy. So that's I almost, I almost made him a loser. Right. <laughs> <laughs> brutal schedule. Um, yeah. Will Disley may have torn his Achilles. That stinks. Um, and maybe we'll talk about that in a second with the early look at the waiver wire. And Baker Mayfield is dinged up, and uh, he's got a buy, so he should be he should be okay. Let's hope after the buy. So um, let's uh, let's look at the waiver wire. Early look at the waiver wire and players that we could be picking up. You know the Amari Cooper injury, Emmanuel Sanders injury. Will Disley's injury, uh, you know, Dave, is there anyone that you'd be looking to pick up uh, going into week seven?
1: No, I mean, I, I would definitely check to see if those Jets receivers are there. And it wouldn't even be for week seven. It would be more for rest of season type deal. And and maybe Sam Darnold, I, if I've got a good starting quarterback and I don't have a backup, I would see when my starter is on bye and who Sam Darnold is playing, chances are Sam Darnold's going to be playing a team that you're going to like, and he could end up being a terrific bye-week replacement.
0: Okay, yeah. I I got Jason Witten on here. He's 70% owned, so he's not that available. They got the Eagles.
1: Witten had a good game. I'm surprised it's that high. I'm surprised he's 70% owned. I think
2: it was the Evan Ingram injury. Witten's owned in more leagues than Hunter Henry currently. Oh, beat the
0: waiver wire. (laughs) I mean, early (laughs) waiver wire, Hunter Henry, uh, definitely. The guy. Yeah, that's the guy. But you know, Witten had a touchdown call back, and it shouldn't have been called back. Deshaun Hamilton, only two targets, but could be filling in for Emmanuel Sanders. And I think those Jets guys are really where it's at. We're gonna take a quick break here on Fantasy Football today. We'll be right back with some buy or sell and a look at every game with some uh, believe it or not from Heath. We'll be right back. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. All right, it's time now for buy or sell. Buy or sell, number one. DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, and Odell Beckham will continue to be busts. Dave, buy or sell.
1: I will sell that. They're eventually going to come around. Odell had over 100 yards today, uh, and and all three of these guys were fine in PPR. I guess probably not what you wanted, though. You're probably looking for, like, 25 points per game out of them. You're probably looking for touchdowns, and they're not giving you a lot of that lately. I think they're going to come around. I think they're going to be just fine. Fantasy managers should not panic. And if you're in a league with someone who is panicking with these guys, ease their panic, trade for those wide receivers, get them on your team while their value is kind of sort of low. Yeah.
0: Heath, you know, Julio Jones has like a 20% target share this year. That's very low. We already know DeAndre Hopkins isn't getting as many targets as he usually gets. He has five straight games without a touchdown. Each of the previous two seasons, Hopkins only went a maximum of two straight games without a touchdown. So, um, And then Beckham did have the 100-yard game, uh, but like, but he needed like an acrobatic catch to get about half of those. Um, so what do you think? Buy or sell, Hopkins, Julio, and Beckham will continue to be bust. Bust is a strong word probably for Julio, but you get the point.
2: I don't believe they will be as bad as they have been so far this season. I do think they'll get into the end zone. Um I'm a little bit concerned that they won't be what we expected, even from this point forward. And we talked about this last week, I think on Wednesday's show with Ben Gretch. When we had these great young offensive minds take over offenses in Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Chicago, the negative of that change Was that we saw situations where the targets were distributed far more evenly than what we would prefer. And now we're seemingly seeing teams with elite number one wide receivers that now have more weapons doing the same type of thing. And so I do have some concern that we viewed these elite wide receivers as safer in the first two rounds and they may not have the volume to be as safe on a week-to-week basis as we expected.
0: All right, buy or sell, number two. Going forward, Lamar Jackson is the number one quarterback in fantasy in four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Lamar Jackson, number one rest of season. Heath?
2: I will buy it. It was kind of weird how week one we didn't see him run very much, and I guess just because he didn't have to because it was the LOL fans. but... <laughs> And since then he had like he's on pace to what rush for 1200 yards this year he was over 100 yards in the first half of this game and i'm still not sure that we've seen like the very best lamar jackson game in terms of a combination of rushing and passing so i'll, I'll buy it
1: i'll buy it too and every week there's a piece of me that feels like a total heel for not putting Lamar Jackson in my top 12 before the season started. There and there's little bits and pieces of his game that still aren't perfect, right? He still misses some throws. This week he didn't throw any touchdowns, but he ran like crazy. And Keith's right. Eventually he's going to be able to piece it all together. But most importantly, I think fantasy managers are supremely confident in him being their starting quarterback. I still think that if you have Lamar Jackson, you need to have a second quarterback, assuming that your waiver wire isn't loaded with good quarterbacks, like it might be in a 10-team league. So if you have Lamar Jackson, make sure you have a good second quarterback. You're going to need one anyway for when his bye week comes up. But yeah, you have to buy into him being great because he's great for fantasy, for sure.
0: All right, buy or sell. Nick Chubb will basically be unaffected by Kareem Hunt's return. Dave?
1: I will buy it because I don't know what kind of shape Kareem Hunt's going to be in, how good he's going to be, how much work he's going to get, and I, I make this argument all the time. Nick Chubb has been phenomenal. What has he done to lose lots of playing time to Kareem Hunt. Now, is he going to lose a few snaps here and there? For sure. Could he lose a few touches on top of it? Yes, he's going to, but I don't think it's going to be a situation where they're splitting 50-50. I don't know if Kareem Hunt's good enough to, to be that guy at this point. I think he's going to be a complimentary back in this offense and Nick Chubb is still going to be the one that they roll with.
0: Heath, buy or sell? Austin Hooper is at worst the number four tight end in fantasy this season going forward.
2: I will sell that. He's not going to be as good as Kelsey, as Ertz, as Kittle going forward. And I would anticipate that one of Evan Ingram or Hunter Henry is going to be better than him as well. So I could absolutely see him only being fifth or sixth. But (laughs) took advantage of a great matchup in this game. He's been heavily involved. I still think like one of the things we talked about earlier in the show was Julio Jones only has a 20% target share for the season. We don't think that's going to continue. His targets are going to come out of someone's piece of the pie. The guy that's seen the big increase that we didn't expect was Austin Hooper. It'll probably be him.
1: Okay. I might. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I might say that Hooper might be better than top four rest of the season because the game script for the Falcons is going to be the same every single week. Their defense is atrocious. Their run game worked this week. There will be some weeks where their run game will not work. And his numbers always go up when that run game isn't working for Atlanta. So I think the targets are going to continue to be there for him. They could be low like they were last week. But for the most part, I think they're going to be anywhere between 7 to 10 targets per game. And we're looking for tight ends with that type of workload, and we're putting them right toward the top of our rankings. I think it's going to continue for Austin Hooper.
0: I'm trying to look up how many more yards he has than Zach Ertz. I mean, I could really... See him being better than Ertz. Uh, just, I'm sorry, but Ertz is just not.
1: He's just, has not been good enough. I agree. You know, you want me to look that up? I mean, look,
0: I, push comes to shove. Right now, I have Hooper, and somebody offers me Zach Ertz. I take that. I would rather have Ertz than Hooper, but I, it wouldn't. Really, yeah, please look that up. I'd like to know the yardage difference uh, through six games. Sure. Okay. Um, we've got some more news and notes for you. The top five at each position. I want to talk about Travis Kelly I want to talk about Patrick Mahomes and his ankle. Um, in fact, you know what, Heath? Let's do that right now. Buy or sell? We should be worried about the Kansas City offense. Sell. Not worried about the the uh, the ankle with Mahomes and three pretty disappointing games in a row for him, considering you know his lofty oh, expectations. Right. What'd you say?
2: How many touchdown passes did he throw today? Two. Two to. He t- scored two. twenty-four. Mahomes? Oh, he,
0: he threw three. Yeah, he,
2: threw, he three. threw three. Yeah, I, I don't have any concern at all. I'll tell you what's interesting: they've
0: had the ball for less than twenty-three minutes two straight games. Uh, they're so.
2: they're going to be a low t- like even last year when they were outlandishly good, they didn't run very many offensive plays because they scored too quick, and they couldn't stop anybody. Right, I don't think they're going to be a high time of possession team even this year, even if things get going as good as we were hoping, but. I don't have any reason to be concerned about Patrick Mahomes.
1: We've got it, we've got an offense that has a big question mark at running back and a great receiver in Tyreek Hill, who really helped make Mahomes' day great. Cause without Tyreek's first touchdown, I don't know how good they'd be. I'm sure. a little concerned about Mahomes staying healthy. Apparently he's playing through some pain. Andy Reid talked about it after the game. he he, you know, he's standing up for his quarterback, but he said that he's playing through something right now. And I'm a little worried about that offensive line giving him great protection. I don't think it's going to do that anytime soon. So I'm I'm not going to necessarily you know, say that this Chiefs offense is going to fall apart, but I, I think Patrick Mahomes has some pretty serious competition for being the number one quarterback. We've already talked about Lamar Jackson being that guy. We've already talked about a lot of other quarterbacks that can be that guy. I don't think it's a slam dunk that he's a number one guy in fantasy anymore. You have the updated tight end yards, Dave? I do. All right. Um, Austin Hooper has 480 yards. Guess how many Zach Ertz has? Everybody take a guess. 295.
0: He? 366.
1: Keith nailed it. 366. Oh, cheater. Come on.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, Come on. Man. With a mustache like that, there's no way he cheated. Sure.
0: Okay. So uh, let's talk. I uh, got something even more exciting to talk about. An amazing way for you to save money when you're shopping online. I'm talking about honey. Go to joinhoney.com FFT, download this free browser extension. It is super easy to get on your computer and there is no reason not to have it. You know, it's just so frustrating if you go and you buy something online and then you see, oh, I could have gotten it for a better price or there was a promo code I didn't know about. Well, listen, if you shop online and you have the Honey browser extension... You don't have to worry about that, and I. This happens to me every time I purchase something. Just a couple days ago, I bought more pet food and bought a lot of pet food, and they always give me discounts. And I click on the little H on the top right, and Honey goes and searches for all these coupon codes, and bam, comes up with some discounts for me, some savings. It's awesome. So, um, you, you, you know, the reviews are great. It's basically free money. It's really easy to use. Uh, I've saved on electronics. I save on Amazon purchases. They actually find cheaper deals on Amazon for you. I save whenever I buy pet food, which I know a lot of you are buying. So Honey has found its 10 million users over a billion dollars in savings. And there's no reason not to use Honey. It's free to use. It installs on your computer in just two clicks. Get it for free at joinhoney.com FFT. joinhoney.com FFT. Uh, not, not a ton of injuries to talk about. We already talked about the big ones. Offensive lineman Titus Howard for the Texans. We Dave mentioned this. He left with an injury in the third quarter. Jacksonville tight end Jeff Swaim left in the third quarter. And that's two tight ends now that uh, they're missing. Marquise Lee left with a foot injury. So they keep getting banged up. Got, uh, Kyle Long, Bears right guard. He's expected to go on IR according to Ian Rappaport. And Drake Kirkpatrick, Bengals cornerback, left with a leg injury. Maybe Minshew bounces back. Next week, taking a look at the leaderboard now. All right, your top five quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Kyler Murray, with only 32 rushing yards, with 340 yards passing and three touchdowns. Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, and then Lamar Jackson is the sixth guy. Those those six quarterbacks all scored 30 or more fantasy points and six point per passing touchdown leagues. Dave, it's Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and Lamar Jackson. If you were gonna sell one of those guys other than Kirk Cousins, who would it be? If anyone.
1: I don't want to necessarily sell any of them, but if I can get something good in return for Kyler Murray, I would do it because I don't know how many games he's gonna have like this one. He's okay. he's he's playing great, and I think he's 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 showing you what I thought he could do. He's a top twelve quarterback through the first six weeks of the season. I I wonder how many people have Kyler Murray and another quarterback. And now might be the right time to sell on Kyler Murray. Get somebody else to help your roster elsewhere. All right, Heath, let's take
0: a look at the top five running backs in non-PPR. Devontae Freeman is number one. Uh, I think Nick Chubb is two. Yeah, they're tied. So Nick Chubb actually beats him in PPR. He had two more catches. Devontae Freeman, Nick Chubb, one and two. David Johnson and Chris Carson. And then Ezekiel Elliott, all coming ahead of Christian McCaffrey. And let's just give... The Bucs run defense, some serious credit here. Christian McCaffrey at 22 carries for 31 yards. Yeah, he had an amazing game, but that run defense is no joke. Anyway, Heath, we got Freeman, Chubb, David Johnson, Chris Carson, and Ezekiel Elliott. You already made your thoughts clear on Devontae Freeman. Anything else you want to talk about from this leaderboard?
2: It's just nice to have a leaderboard that seems somewhat normal. All of these running backs are good. I'm glad they scored lots of fantasy
1: points. Yeah, Carlos Hyde is right behind them, so I don't know how normal that is. <laughs>
2: <We don't really laughs> Miles five.
1: Sanders right after that.
2: Oh, wow. it, it wasn't It wasn't the top five plus Carlos Hyde. the it's top true. five, and the top five are good.
0: Yeah, Miles Sanders led the Eagles in receiving. Uh, top five wide receivers, Dave. Stefan Diggs way ahead of the pack. 13 points ahead of the next best receiver in non-PPR. 16 points ahead in PPR. That would be Terry McLovin. So Diggs, McLaurin... The- Tyreek Hill, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson. Samuel had a rushing touchdown. Diggs, McLaurin, Tyreek Hill, Curtis Samuel, and Robbie Anderson. This does not look normal at all, Dave.
1: You're right, because I don't know what Curtis Samuel is doing in there. (laughs) No, Curtis Samuel had had actually a great game, and his speed was a huge factor, and... Tampa Bay is secondary. As great as their run defense is, and we talked about that, their secondary is just in shambles right now. So starting receivers against Tampa Bay is going to be something that we do for for a long time. And, uh, and as someone who has Curtis Samuel on a lot of teams, I'm happy he had a big game like this, but he's a lot like Will Fuller and Marquise Brown and, dare I say, Stephon Diggs, where they're going to have some weeks like this, and then they're going to have some weeks like we've seen before where they catch three passes for... 40 yards and you're really kind of sad about it. So good flex option moving forward, but that's about it.
0: What about Heath Terry McLaurin? Uh, four catches, 100 yards, two touchdowns on seven targets at Miami. He has had four really good games and one bad game against new England. And he's got San Francisco at Minnesota at Buffalo, and then a buy in his next four games. What would you do with, with Terry McLaurin?
2: Oh, I'd love to sell him. If somebody didn't have access to an NFL schedule, that would be fantastic. What would you want for Ty uh, McLaurin?
0: Would you rather have Stefan uh, Diggs or Ty McLaurin?
2: Who did the Vikings play this week? No, the who Vikings they had the play? Chiefs coming up. So I'll, I'll, I'll feel better about the Vikings moving forward. I, I would rather have Diggs. Yeah. Um, listen, I think McLaurin's very talented. It's just a terrible, terrible schedule coming up. And maybe you're in a situation you probably didn't draft him to be one of your starters. So maybe you've used him as a starter and you're in a situation where you can just leave him on the bench for a couple weeks until you get into a better part of the schedule. I'm fine with that as well.
0: And finally, let's take a look at the top five tight ends. And I know Austin Hooper is one as I scramble to click buttons on my computer. Here we go. Austin Hooper, number one, come on, Computer.
1: Kittle was two, Thank you, tied Dave. with Cameron Brate there you go, and Ricky Seals. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, how did I forget that? The whole Cameron Brate, Ricky <laughs> Seals Jones thing. And then Max Williams and Jared cook.
2: I appreciate the time, Dave, then to getting ready for this podcast. <laughs> Shut
1: <up. What> a... <laughs> uh, oh, man. What a crew. We've got at tight end, huh? This, this is what we drafted Travis Kelsey in round one and Zach Ertz in round three, four. Uh, look, great Seals-Jones, Max Williams, Jared Cook, Ryan Griffin, they all scored touchdowns. It's really as simple as that. If you don't have a tight end that can get you a lot of yards, you're putting your hands together and you're praying to the fantasy gods that the tight end you start can find the end zone. It's why you might have started Hunter Henry or Jimmy Graham on Monday or TJ Hawkinson on Monday or any of those three in week seven and beyond. This is what the tight end position is, unfortunately. There aren't a lot of guys that are like Kittle or Hooper or Kelsey and that might be the big three. Evan Ingram when he's healthy. Zach Ertz when he occasionally remembers to run and catch the well, ball. are, are you concerned about fumble? Travis
0: Kelsey at this point, Dave? No. Look, I'm he's not concerned. Answer. Okay, answer okay. Me. listen. I'm not concerned about what? Kelsey being good, but I only own him in one league, and in that league, I need him to carry me. He's my second-round pick. I am concerned that Kelsey- he's going to—
2: Go Kelsey on. came into this week on pace for 89 catches and over 1400 yards receiving. Right. There is no reason to be concerned about him at all. I'm like he hasn't scored touchdowns yet. There are touchdowns coming. He's going to be awesome. There is no reason to be concerned about Travis Kelsey. Based he has the, a
1: touchdown already this year. Yeah, he has one. By the way. Based yeah, on the amount
0: one. of wide receivers that caught 100 passes last year and I bring up wide receivers because you're drafting Kelsey to be a wide receiver and just using him at the tight end position, basically 89 right. catches would actually probably be a bad thing in PPR. I, although that was based on last year. I, I don't know how many people were on pace for a hundred catches this year. I've, I have no 89
2: idea. and 1,400 would be a second round value.
0: Not if he's catching Unless four touchdowns. So I don't expect him to have such a low touchdown rate, but I also don't expect him to have such a high yardage rate.
1: So, I disagree. I think if he ends up with those types of numbers that Heath's talking about, that's worth a second round pick on a tight end. You think right now and, he's been worth listen, a second round pick? Well, listen, he, he's also coming off of his worst game of the year where he had the fewest amount of targets. If anything, this is the perfect time to go and Bye. try and trade for Travis Kelsey in your fantasy league. I don't disagree it with is, that. This is, this is absolutely the time to go to the guy who's got the blue background, who's got Travis Kelsey on his team. And he's freaking out because he only has one touchdown in a really bad game. And you just look at him and you say, nice blue background. I'll give you player X and Y for him. And he freaks out and he gives you Travis Kelsey. This is the time to do
0: it. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't understand what you were talking about with the blue
1: background. And then I looked at him Until you said, turned oh, around, right? I have a blue right? I am Yeah, not- it's you. I'm talking about look, you, you knucklehead.
0: I would trade for Travis Kelsey, but... I do not think going into this week, his first five games, I do not think he has played like a second rounder. I think he has played like a third rounder, like a late third rounder, Uh, personally. It,
2: it, it, here's the thing. What do you think is more indicative of how he has played and what is going to be more predictive of what he will play like? Like a touchdown rate over four or five games we don't think that's very predictable. I
0: agree. I am not arguing that. I agree. You're. I. I am with you. I'm just saying. I don't think he's been that. But I. But I do think he. He will be that.
1: All right. He's got 160 more yards than George Kittle, and the same amount of touchdowns it, on the it, year as George Kittle, Kittle had a
0: buy. Come on. Dave. Okay. So You're better
1: than that. Hey.
0: No. Stop. But I had a-
1: 160 yards. <laughs> I,
0: I. gotta. I gotta talk to you about SeatGeek, Geek. All right, because SeatGeek Geek is the Travis Kelsey. Of ticketing apps like last year's Travis Kelsey and you know these companies these ticketing websites are so big they don't care about the customer service experience they don't care about the customer SeatGeek does SeatGeek's reviews are amazing it's just a really simple app to use it's sports it's concerts it's comedy it's theater it's any event that you want to go to you use the SeatGeek app for it and you use our promo code FFT and you save 10 bucks off your first purchase Now you're sitting there, you're you're buying tickets online, you might be a little bit worried about the tickets. Are these legit? What's going on? Every purchase on SeatGeek is fully guaranteed. So I use it and I use it with confidence. And it's just a really, really great experience. Um, I just remember how difficult it used to be for me to find the tickets I wanted, but now I know SeatGeek's gonna give me great prices. And they bring in tickets from all these different sources and they, they rank them based on value and they show you where the best values are. And you can see your prices with all the fees included. So I like that aspect of it too. Download the SeatGeek app and use our promo code. You'll get 10 bucks off your first Geek purchase. That's all you got to do. Download the SeatGeek app and use the code FFT. 10 bucks off your first purchase. That's promo code FFT for $10 off your first Geek purchase. Believe it or not, Heath is going to actually give us some good believe it or nots today. Dave, you believe that?
1: Of course I believe that.
0: Good. Houston 31, Kansas City 24.
1: Keith, nope. this is the part where you say hard. believe it or not. His feelings
0: are hurt. He's oh, good.
2: I apologize. Uh I was told to speak when spoken to, so I was just, you know, trying to be ready. You can start any running back against the Kansas City Chiefs. It doesn't matter what their name is or how good they are.
1: Believe it.
0: I, pretty much. I don't think I'd start Adrian Peterson against him, but yes, just about everyone. Yeah. How about that?
1: Would you start would you start Philip Lindsay? Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, or Derrick Henry? Yeah. Yep. Well, that's who they play next. Those are their next <laughs> four running backs. Um, all
0: right, let's do another one. Believe it or not, I think we covered this game pretty well, actually. Okay, believe, uh, it, or, believe it or not, Patrick Mahomes is not the number one quarterback, even in six per passing touchdown leagues going forward.
1: Don't believe it. I believe it. Who do you have ahead of him? the number one? I don't. I don't think. He'll, I think he's got some competition for that title. Oh, but who would you rank number one? I think you can put Jackson up there. Really do. Um, Russell Wilson's been really good. I think you can put him up there. How about Deshaun Watson? How about him? I think I'd put Deshaun Watson at the top, even with my O line concerns now rearing its ugly head in Houston.
0: All right, Seattle thirty-two, Cleveland twenty-eight. Heath.
2: Chris Carson is a top ten running back rest of season.
0: Oh my Be-
1: gosh, leave it.
2: Of course, I I didn't realize. Okay, was
0: was Rashad Penny a surprise DNP uh, for everyone? Yes, yes. And I, Okay, that was interesting. I almost switched over to Carson and Fanduel, um, but I knew their offensive line was beat up, but didn't matter. Twenty four. This twenty eight touches. Three straight games with twenty two or more carries. Penny only played one of them. I, let's let's raise it a little bit. So he's top ten. Let's rank running backs the rest of the season. So we got the big 4 plus Dalvin Cook, is that fair?
1: Big 4 plus Dalvin Cook, sure. And, and um yeah.
0: Who's next, Heath? Okay. Chubb for sure. Even with So Carson versus Chubb is interesting with Kareem Hunt coming back.
1: It depends on how you really feel about Kareem Hunt and whether or not you think he can be that guy. I think I think Chubb could belong ahead of Carson. I think David Johnson could belong ahead of of Chris Carson and maybe I'm forgetting somebody, but I, I think that that's it.
2: Um, yeah, I would say I'd put Levy on ahead of Carson.
1: What about Aaron Jones? Would you put him ahead of Carson?
2: No, probably no way. I,
1: I Ooh, think, this the, I think the touches conflict. are
2: going to
0: go down. I mean, for Aaron Jones, what's, we don't not have to, any idea. What's I, not I don't know like if that's going to be the
1: case or not,
0: but he's, but he's not a 20 carry guy. And Chris Carson's had that three weeks in a row. What's not to like about Carson? And he's he's got good pass production too.
2: But Chris Carson's production, like those twenty touch games, have come in the same circumstances that Aaron Jones' big touch game just came not out. Not all of them. When the guy,
0: Penny was well, playing Penny played three. yeah, two out of three, but but still, if Penny's healthy and Jamal Williams is healthy, who would you project to have more carries? Carson or Jones?
2: Probably Carson. Yeah.
0: All right, we're splitting Harris. He's definitely top 10 and that's good stuff. Um b- uh, believe it or not,
1: <sighs>
0: Jarvis Landry is uh, is not a must-drop but but droppable if there's someone you really need. Yes.
1: It's yep. been that way for most of the year.
2: All right, Heath. Yep. Minnesota 38, Philadelphia 20. Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs are both must start.
0: Not for me. Theoin, yes. Um,
1: I'm gonna look at their schedule again. They've got Detroit on the road indoors. Home against Washington in week eight. At Kansas City in week nine. For the next three weeks, the answer to that question is believe.
0: I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you I think you might be looking at it the wrong way the re- the the thing that i think favors these guys is when they have tougher run defenses to face. The two times that that Cousins has had to throw it okay. more. Now you're right that he he only threw the ball 28 times, but Dave, I agree. They came out and they threw the ball more because they couldn't run the ball. It's exactly the same thing with the Bears game and Diggs had 100 yards in that game. Um so they okay. can I'm not, I don't know. Just I don't want to overreact to the Stefan Diggs game. There's no way I'm benching Thielen. He's awesome but digs to me is not a must start
1: i, I think it's hard to sit digs if the matchup is not impossible and the next three games the matchup looks good the washington game you could convince me that's one where you know kirk cousins attempts 15 passes and that's it right right okay. but they're going to have to throw they're going to have to throw against kansas city they're to put up bit- some points the strategy against Kansas
2: City has been—we've seen it three weeks in a row now. Run, it. run, 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 run. Yeah.
0: And who did the Chief—right, uh, and Brissette did not have a big game, but Watson did. But a lot of that was on the ground. All right, uh, I think we're good with this game. Unless, uh, let's do an Eagles, believe it or not. I was because Good game for Alshon Jeffrey, and he was only started in 57% of leagues. He had 10 catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Alshon Jeffrey is better than Stephon Diggs rest of season, believe it or not.
1: No. No. I mean, here's the thing with Jeffrey. He's he's kind of like a tight end. He's, he's not going to get you a lot of yardage very often. I don't think he's nearly as fast as he used to be. He does get end zone targets pretty much every week, and the volume is there, mainly because they don't have anybody else in that passing game, at least not a wide receiver, until Deshaun Jackson comes back. It could be close between those two, but I'd rather have Diggs.
0: All right. Carolina 37, Tampa Bay 26. Heath, what do you got?
2: Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are the only Tampa Bay Buccaneers that you need to hold through the bye week.
1: Believe.
0: I believe it. I, I mean, I don't see myself dropping Ronald Jones, but four carries? Wow. Um, I believe it, Heath. I believe it. I believe that we will win. And, yeah, good one. Anything for the Panthers? You want me to do it?
2: I'm holding on to Ronald Jones. Um, No matter what? Not no matter what, but when I say they're the only ones that, like, you need to hold on to Ronald Jones unless there is a, an extenuating circumstance. He's not on the must-hold list, but he's not someone I'm, let towards the top of my priority in terms of dropping.
1: Like, I, I feel the exact same way, but there there is definitely a must-hold type of list, and I thought that that's what you were referring to, because Godwin and Evans are must-holds. I'm not going to dump them, obviously. But I don't. I I I'm agreeing. I don't think that he is a must hold.
0: So with Carolina, their upcoming schedule is a buy at San Francisco and then Tennessee. And what do we think about holding Curtis Samuel, Greg Olson, DJ, I'll even throw DJ Moore in there. What do you think? Everybody but McCaffrey are they all must holds with a buy at San Francisco and Tennessee coming up?
1: Do I want to let them go? No. That's all you know what? I feel the same way about them as I do Ronald Jones. I, I would have a tough call between who do I keep if I have can only keep one between Moore and Ronald Jones. I think I'd keep Moore. I, I think I'd keep Ronald Jones over Olson. I think I'd keep Jones over Samuel. Moore and Jones, I would have a really tough time deciding, and it might come down to what the scoring system is in my league. I'm holding DJ Moore. Uh, I think you
2: have to.
0: Heath, let's go to New Orleans 13 and Jacksonville 6.
2: Yawn. Gordon Minshew and DJ Chark are no longer a thing.
1: No, I don't agree. No longer a thing for fantasy or just in general? For fantasy. Well, I don't... Fantasy, yeah. (laughs) Chark is still a thing in fantasy for sure. But there was some serious miscommunication issues between Minshew and and his receivers today. Um, there was definitely some of Marshawn Lattimore blocking onto Chark, and he followed Chark into the slot and gave him that shadow coverage. The Saints really let him do his thing, and, uh, and he... I think it came back to hurt Chark. Because I, I saw him at least two different times on D.D. Westbrook. I watched as much of that game as I possibly could. I even oh, spent yikes. time this afternoon when I should have been watching the 4 o'Clocks watching that one. And I don't, I don't think I saw any time where, pre-snap, Lattimore wasn't across from Chark. Interesting.
0: Okay. Uh, that's good to now know. Now, listen, if, if they play order.
1: zone defense, there was a play, and I can't remember who caught it between Westbrook and Chark, but when the Saints were in zone defense, Lattimore didn't travel with him post-snap. He stayed on his side of the field because he's playing a zone, not a man. Right. Right.
0: All right, so but that's good. You know, that's that's actually nice to know if you're the DJ Chark owner. Let's move on to Washington 17 and Miami 16. Believe it or not, Tua Tagovailoa uh, bought a house in Miami uh, after this game. <laughs> uh, Heath, what's the real believe it or not here?
2: Adrian Peterson matters in fantasy again. No, no way. Do not believe.
0: San Francisco still has not allowed a touchdown to a running back. But I don't know, Heath, because I, I do think they're going to try to establish him. But it's... Niners, Vikings, Bills, bye next four weeks. So Dave and I are saying no. What about you?
2: I agree with you, no. You didn't ask me on the last one. Um, Gardner <laughs> Minshew gets the Bengals. I'm running him right back out there.
1: Okay. Uh, Chark, for sure, you're going to run right back out there. I think you might want to hesitate a little bit with Minshew. Uh, Chris Thompson's injury, does that help Adrian Peterson? Does he get all the snaps, all he can eat, baby? Mm, I, I think it'll think be so. Steven sip <laughs> How about Kenyon Drake? Maybe.
0: 70 total yards. 70 to 73 total yards in three straight games for Kenyon Drake. Kalen Balaj is, without a question, the goal line back. It sucks. Um, so, well, I guess I shouldn't say without question, but he really has been so far. I don't know about going forward. Uh, d- Ken, drop, drop or hold Kenyon Drake, 91% on.
1: I don't think you have to hang on to him in non-PPR. I think you can let him go because of all the circumstances. You didn't even bring up Mark Walton. Yeah. Who who had a pretty big role early on in the game for the Dolphins. He had some good yardage. He did. He might have had more total yardage than Dray. He just barely did. He had 75
0: total yards. Walton had six carries for 32 yards and five catches for 43 yards. Heath Baltimore 23 Cincinnati 17.
2: You can't trust any Bengals. Yep. I don't believe it. I believe it. I I I know you would like to believe that you could trust Joe
0: No, I think Tyler Boyd's more trustworthy than Joe Mixon.
1: I, I think Boyd is, and, and that's despite the terrible game he had. And I'll tell you what, I think Auden Tate can make plays too. He he was making some great catches and not in the end zone. Trust, um,
0: though, Dave. Trust. Can you trust them?
1: I, I think you can. I think you can trust Auden Tate as a flex, PPR or non And I think you can trust Tyler Boyd, regardless of the format, preferably PPR. And I think you can still probably trust Mixon, but you've got to do it with the idea that you would be very happy if he got you 10 non-PPR points. It's like you trust without actually trusting him. It's like a teenager trust. (laughs) No, I I trust my teenager. Yeah, you had the mistake. So is trusting (laughs) Joe Mixon. (laughs) <laughs> i, I I've got I do, a good teenager. I don't have any problems. I,
0: I think if A.J. Green comes back and he's healthy and he's good, then I think Mixon will be a lot better. And this was a terrible matchup for Mixon. The Ravens' run defense is just outstanding. But its I don't trust him, no. I, don't, I certainly don't trust him to score. Jets 24, yeah.
2: Dallas 22, Heath. With Sam Darnold healthy, the Jets' offense is actually good. I believe.
0: Uh, uh, above average. What do, what do we think? What do you think, the, Heath?
2: I don't really believe it. I um I I'm I'm happy that the Robbie Anderson thing happened. I don't have any confidence in what he's going to be moving forward, and I don't have any confidence in an Adam Gase offense.
1: Oh, Heath. It's, <laughs> you're gonna look you're gonna look like a genius next week for saying that. And then there are gonna be some moments coming up where you're gonna give one of those, you know. <laughs> um hey because so, they're gonna so, they, they've got some amazing matchups we've already talked about it they're yeah. the, the offense will be good
0: levy on bell scored his first rushing touchdown conversely he only had one catch i don't know if you, if you know his yards per carry but it's got to be under three this year he's just he's been bad i know their offensive line isn't very good um I, you you know earlier i think heath you said you take him over chris carson i'm not so sure i would anymore talk what do you think about bell
2: I'm a little concerned in non-PPR. I still think he'll be involved in the pack like He wasn't in this game, but we've now seen two games with Sam Darnold, and one of them, he threw 17 passes to Jamison Crowder, so I'm not sure we've really learned anything. Sure. Right.
0: Okay, yeah. uh, we got three games left, guys. San Francisco, 20, and the Rams,
2: 7. Heath? The 49ers actually have a defense that you should be looking to avoid in terms of who's playing against them.
1: I think I want to, I think I want to believe that certainly in terms of the run, I think part of the reason why the Rams struggled today was because their offensive line wasn't in good shape. They lost another one of their linemen and that was before, you know, I thought that their line wasn't in good shape and their run game was almost like dared that they dared them to run and they were playing the pass. And I think they did a great at the 49ers. Did a great job against this offense, and they barely had the ball—21 minutes of time with the football. So I'm, I'm still not quite convinced that the 49ers' pass defense is great. I'm, I'm, I'm there on the run defense, though. Uh, believe it or not, you should sit Robert Woods until
0: further notice. He had no catches on four targets. He did have a rushing touchdown, but um, 50 or fewer yards, or fewer than 50 yards in four of six games. You should sit Robert Woods until further notice.
1: Did you say Robert Woods or Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, and Cooper Cup?
0: Okay, if you sit Cooper Cup, you're insane. He had four straight games with 100 yards before this. Right. Cooks, I could kind of be with you on, but Woods is who I specifically said. (laughs) I would keep starting Um, Cooks, but yeah.
1: Yeah, there, there were things in the matchup that I saw coming into the week that made me not want to trust Wood. And I actually thought it was clever that they used him on a run to get him involved away from Richard Sherman uh, early on in the game. And then that was the end of the cleverness for the Rams. So what do you seven think? Seven. Should you sit Robert Woods? You, I don't think he is a must sit by any stretch. I think it really comes down to who they play and it's going to go beyond week seven and, um, and how you, whether or not he continues to play well, golf's going to bounce back. I, he's not a must sit. Okay. Heath, Arizona 34, Atlanta 33. I mean they play Atlanta next week for crying out loud at him.
2: <laughs> Heath. Kyler Murray's turned himself into a must start fantasy quarterback.
0: Buy it. Yeah. Well, at the Giants next week, that's pretty good. Yep. He he is running the ball so much that I kind of I kind of buy it. If they could just solve their inside the ten yard line woes. Their offense could really take off if it hasn't already. I buy it, Heath. He's he uh, he believes it. Dave believes it. But what about you?
2: I am not so sure. Like I definitely buy it this week. You're you might be a top three quarterback this week against the Giants. Then he goes to New Orleans. Then he faces the 49ers on a short week on Thursday night it's probably not going to feel great about starting him in those two situations. And so that tells me he's not a must-start fantasy quarterback. Do you know who he plays two weeks though. after
1: the 49ers? The Rams. Do that? Hear me? Do you, yeah, do you know who he plays two weeks after the 49ers? Oh, the 49ers. He plays the 49ers what? again. He plays them twice in three weeks, weeks 9 and 11 we
0: we are entering yeah, I mean, a co- I- we are entering a college football era of of the NFL though. Like if these guys are going to come in and they're going to rush. I know he only had 30 yards, but he had three straight games I think with six or more fantasy points via rushing, or maybe it was two. Like he's he becomes a must start. He has a, a an extremely high floor. Uh let's finish up. Tennessee 16, Denver 0.
2: Heath, we need to stop doubting Philip Lindsay. He you just start him.
1: Believe it. Especially Man. next week. That is a and the week after. One.
0: I don't know. I how many are they gonna be able to run the ball this much? I mean, they were leading the entire game. So how much did Flacco he throw has, in this game? Twenty
2: eight times. What he, he has one game this He has one game this season with fewer than fifteen touches.
0: Yeah, but he has three games that are pretty bad.
1: If I recall. I like how he's been playing lately. And I think he might start earning maybe a smidge edge of an edge in playing time over Royce Freeman and the, the matchups dictate moving forward that, uh, that that they, they should run the football. And I think the defense is actually starting to play a little bit better too. And that'll help Philip Lindsay get opportunities. And he only had two catches today. He's had four catches in a bunch of games.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I think he's a starter.
0: I love the fact that th- while they split carries they don't split carries near the goal line it is all Philip Lindsay I mean all Philip mm-hmm. Lindsay that's surprising but encouraging good show guys I believe that thank you very much Heath you look great which is disappointing you were supposed to look bad you somehow ended up winning a bet that you lost hope,
2: Adam, what, what can you do Yep. I hope you didn't play against Gunner.
0: I don't know I have no idea is he having a big game oh yes mm-hmm. really all oh right. yeah good for him I'm sure I did. I don't own any James Conner, so I probably played against him in five leagues. I've Thanks for listening.
1: I've a bunch of leagues, so very happy with him.
0: Excellent work. Uh, we'll talk to you on Monday, on Tuesday and Wednesday, and Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Sunday, na-na-na-na. na 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 Terrible.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.